Most of the people who run a construction company are trades individuals, but what they don't have is the business acumen that Tiffany and I have developed through our Vector experience to run a business. Literally all of the sales and marketing skills and training that we receive is applicable to what we do. Sometimes Tiffany and I joke that we're a sales and marketing company that happens to do paving and landscaping. I was a cheerleader for four years in high school and four years in college. I was always about motivation, but Vector taught me that you can use that motivation to succeed in life. We have many challenges that happen in Black Diamond. COVID has been very, very challenging for our company, but we've been able to take a negative and turn it into a positive. And that's so much of what we learned through Vector is attitude is everything. Rather than go home and be defeated, we decided to go home and work on the business. It's a neat advantage to have been able to take our Vector knowledge, our Vector experience, as well as some of the other experiences that we've garnished over the years, and combine them to make a business like this successful. It's like selling Cutco, but we have a $30,000 average ticket. The voices you just heard are Roger and Tiffany Van Alst. Both were successful as managers with Cutco Vector, and they even helped lead the team that took the Cutco business to Australia. Ten years ago, they purchased a paver stone and landscaping company that had previously peaked at $1.9 million in annual revenue. Using principles and skills gained from their Vector experience, they have built this business to over $43 million in revenue today. Roger and Tiffany have vectorized their business, and their ideas can help any entrepreneur or business owner to grow their results as well. In this conversation, they share the specific principles that have led to their amazing success. These are my friends, Roger and Tiffany Van Alst. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I am very excited today because I have a pair of guests, Roger and Tiffany Van Alst. They both sold and managed with Cutco back in the 1990s in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, advancing as far as the district manager position while they were there. And in fact, they were so successful that they were a part of the team that uh, was selected to take Cutco to Australia. Uh, this was a four-year assignment. Roger became a division manager there, ultimately helped lead the organization before they returned to the U.S. Roger and Tiffany went through several business ventures before they purchased a paver, stone, and landscape company in 2011 called Black Diamond. They have built this business into a tremendously successful operation 
largely using a lot of their vector management skills. Uh, their business produced over $43.6 million in revenue in 2020. For frame of reference, that's more than any Cutco region. Uh, they like to say that they are a sales and marketing company that happens to do construction. You'll learn a lot by hearing their insights and ideas on how they have built their great business. I'm excited to have you here. Roger and Tiffany, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Dan. Hello, great Dan. to see you. Good to see you. Yes. Fantastic. I'm excited to be able to share your story here. So which of you started with Cutco first? Uh, I started first, Dan. It was in uh, 1989. Uh, I was on my summer break. I went to a college called Stetson University in Florida, came back to New Jersey, uh, was tired of being a lifeguard and decided to look for something better. And so I responded to an ad in the uh, newspaper back when we had newspapers (laughs) and started in June of 89. June of 1989. Wow. That's about 10 months after I started in the business. And who was your original manager? Uh, I worked for Tony Sorrenti. Tony uh, Sorrenti. Yeah. It, I was part of the Apex division and Al DiLeonardo was my division manager. And Al was the division manager at the time. Oh my gosh. That's really exciting. Wow. Uh, how about you, Tiffany? When did you get started? I started in December of 1992. I had actually already graduated from college. I started in the non-college program in December of 92. And... Uh, I started in the Lehigh Valley office. Uh, John Kane had just been promoted to district manager in October, and I started with him in December. Amazing. Tom Cannon was my division manager. Oh, that's so cool. So, yeah, we so were very glad. So your guys' bloodlines in the vector business are pretty awesome right there. John Kane and Tom Cannon, such legends in our company's history. Tell us about some of the memorable experiences that you had during your Cutco days. Uh, well, when I first started, it was a full summer break, right? So uh, I had a fantastic first summer. Uh, you know, there was lots of great friendships that I made that I still have today, uh, even even from that first summer. And um, I had a very successful summer. I, I'd won a scholarship to help pay for college. I'd won a twenty-seven uh, inch color television. Which, you know. <laughs> about four feet deep as well, uh, <laughs> and color mattered. Uh, and I, I also, uh, I earned 10 grand in one summer uh, to help pay for college. And uh, on top of that, I, I had a seven-day Caribbean cruise that I won. So I figured out that sales was a good career for me. Sales and marketing was right up my alley. Uh, but um, you know that success combined with the friendships and the enjoyment I had uh, made me want to go on to being a branch manager. They uh, be part of their branch program where they would allow a college student to run an office for the summer. And so I went through a branch training program and then had two full summers being a branch manager. And I learned so much about you know leadership and team building and recruiting and training others. Uh, it really was a, a lot of fun before I became you know a, a district manager to run my own career office. Amazing. Very cool to hear those early experiences for you, Roger. How about some of your experiences, Tiffany? As I mentioned, I started as an on-college, just looking for some extra income in the evenings. Within two months, I was making more money at my part-time job with Vector than I was at a full-time job. So I went to my manager and I said, so how do I do this full-time? And he's like, well, you need to become an assistant manager. 
So I sold 10K and became an assistant manager and then sales manager. And that year, we ran the number one office in the entire vector world. I remember. In 1993, that was yeah. an amazing experience. And to this day, I still live by success, breed success. And I went out and the next summer, I ran a branch and ran the number one branch in the Mid-Atlantic Zone and top 10 in the country. And then I went district. And I'll never forget, I was number 11 my first fall because I missed the president's banquet by $1,000. <laughs> oh, to this day, Don Frieda used to send me newsletters with personal messages on them. And I was so motivated and I missed President's Club by 1,000. I was 11. Oh, that was back when it was top 10 only. Oh, what is right? it now? Now there's a quota. If you hit it, you win. I think we had like 90 winners in 2020. Are you serious? Oh, well, I came in 11. <laughs> so that was, it was just amazing. You know, everything from, you know, the, the cruises that we would go on at the end of the summer in the Mid-Atlantic Zone every year. It was just like a four-day cruise that we did. It was so much fun. Uh, just the friends. I still, to this day, we have so many friends. You being one of them was wonderful when we moved to California and found you out here, which was great. And, you know, many, many, even when I ran an office in Australia, 10 of my friends on Facebook are people who worked for me in Australia. They were my key people. And my top reps are now friends on Facebook um, through wow. Australia. So I have just had just the most amazing experiences. So, so cool. That's great to hear. How about uh, the lessons of your experiences? Like what were the learnings that stand out that you've just carried forward in your life and continued to use all the way to this day? Yeah, a, a big part of it is learning how to sell. I mean, it, there's no substitute for learning how to uh, present oneself, present a product, build value in a product, and, and how to ask for an order. Uh, you know, that was paramount. What, by learning how to sell, I found even going back to college the next semester, I was more persuasive, you know, when I needed to be with, with a, a class environment, with peers, with a professor. That was huge. And although I didn't uh, choose to take another job, when I went on some interviews to see, uh, I was always prepared for those interviews and knew how to sell myself. So it was huge. Sales skills were, that I'm still using every day today were, were a big change for me. I learned when I became a manager, I learned how to recruit, how to lead others, you know, the leadership traits that are required. No substitute for the management training that Vector provided. I mean, uh, Tony Sorrenti, my immediate manager, who uh, taught me how to be a branch. Al DiLonardo, my, my division manager and then zone manager, taught me how to be a district and branch. They would do constant training and, and development for the managers every month, every, every quarter, and, and then annual type events to develop us. Uh, I still have yet to be part of a company, with the exception of the one I run now, that spends as much time and energy on developing their people. Mm. And then the one other piece that, that still helps me today is, is handling rejection. That failure is not failure. It's just an opportunity to learn, grow, and, and it become successful, right? I mean, rejection just means you're one step closer to the success that you're after. Uh, so understanding that principle and, and learning how to make phone calls and, and deal with no's on the phone, and how to you know, present oneself and, and deal with the fact that not everybody's going to say yes to you. But that's okay. It's a numbers game. Yeah, uh, those principles really have applied to life and have helped me 
uh, in every position I've had since. Yeah, those are absolutely transferable concepts to virtually any career or even just everyday life. Just the, the idea of persuasion that you mm-hmm. shared, right? That learning how to sell enabled right. you to be better at persuasion in, in college and in influencing other people. We're always doing that, whether it be in influencing people in a work setting or influencing our kids. I know you have a you know, young son. And that whole aspect of just understanding how to persuade and influence is so valuable. And, and I love what you shared about uh, recruiting and building teams, right? And if we want to accomplish great things in life, we got to be able to enroll other people in the cause with us. And, um, you know, and, and whatever company we're building or a company we're leading or organization we're leading, right? We want to be able to have people buy into the vision and, and you know, what we're trying to accomplish and so that they bring their best energy to it. And, uh, you know, you learned those things in Vector and I know you're, you're carrying those yeah. over to what you're doing now. That's awesome. How about you, yeah. Tiffany? Well, the biggest lesson that I learned, because I had no previous sales experience. I have a degree in education. So I had no previous sales experience before I walked in the door. And I learned my most valuable lesson is sales is not something you do to someone. It's something you do for them. Mm. That has stuck with me my entire life that, you know, when I'm selling something, whether it was knives or it's black diamond now, we're ultimately the person who wins the most is the person who buys, which is the customer. And that has stuck with me. It's never made me to this day. I'm not afraid to ask, you know, cause I never feel like I'm hurting someone. I feel like I'm helping them. So that was very valuable. Goal setting is not something that I had done beforehand. And I remember going to my very first division meeting and hearing a talk on goal setting and coming home and going out and buying a blue piece of um, poster board and writing down what date I was going to hit my first promotion, what date I was going to hit my second promotion, what date I was going to hit and did all of them up to FSM. And do you know, Dan, I came within two weeks of every single one of those promotions. That's awesome. And I had never done that in my entire life. And to this day, I every single month, my, my marketing team, we do goal setting. And it's just amazing to listen to them, to what, what drives them. It helps me to manage them better. But it all started from, you know, Vector teaching me how to goal set. And, you know, we do major goal setting with Black Diamond. At the end of the month, we do it uh, twice a year with our teams. Every single person in our company, when they do the sale at the beginning of the year, we they have to have their goals in for the year. They are not allowed to start the year without all of their goals in for every month, their sales goals for the entire year. So I love it. we hit again and again and again. And uh, yeah, so goal setting and learning how to sell, I think are the two. I, I guess my last one that I learned is a very valuable lesson. I think of working with John and with Tom Cannon is you never look behind you. You always look in front of you to stop looking at people who you beat and worry about the people who are in front of you. And I think because I learned that I, and I joke with my girlfriends, I still haven't peaked because there's still somebody out there who's better than I am. So I have to keep getting better because I'm never looking behind me. I'm not looking for the people I've gone past. I'm looking up like, if well, if this person do, can do it, so can I. So, But Vector taught me that. Like I remember John telling me, don't worry about the people that you're better than. Look who you can still catch. And I, I've lived that way since. It's just trying to get better and better and, and never peak. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I love that. I've heard someone say before, don't look back unless you want to go that way. It's critical if we want to avoid complacency 
for us to always be looking forward and envisioning what's possible and what we can do. I love what you said about sales, not something we do to somebody, it's something we do for somebody. That is true if you are selling something that you believe in, right? And if you're bringing a quality service and quality product to people, right? I've seen your guys work because I've been to your house and I know you did all (laughs) the work at your own house, right? And, And I can vouch for the fact that you represent something that's of the highest quality, and you know, and and I don't think pavers or knives are any more or less sexy than you know one or the other, um, <laughs> right? I mean, they're pretty simple products in in life, yeah. and yet, right? You guys sell something that is of the highest quality. You do great work. You provide great service, and so knowing that, right, as a salesperson, gives you that confidence to ask for what you want. Um, and I think that that's a key part of being successful at sales. When we started Black Diamond, Dan. We offer the longest warranty of any other paver company too. We got that. That's another thing we got from Cutco. We offer a 27-year warranty where our closest competitor when we started the company was 25 years. So we said, all right, we're going to do 27. <laughs> so we have a 27-year cool. warranty on installation. We, we tried yeah. with a forever guarantee, but it's not the no. type of industry that can afford that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we couldn't the, do that. Mother Nature is uh, too brutal in the outdoor environment to yes. have a forever guarantee. But we certainly Indeed. Just- 27, sa- 27 sounds like forever to me. So It does. <laughs> That's pretty cool. You know, I appreciate what you said also, Tiffany, about goal setting and how you've been able to achieve a lot of your goals, you know, during the time that you've been either in Vector or doing what you're doing now. Um, one of my favorite Jim Rohnisms is the idea that we either make a living or design a life. And that, that. when you when you learn about how to set and achieve goals, even in a small thing like selling Cutco, it's the process of learning how to design your life. And, you know, from what I've seen from you guys at this point, right, is you you have designed a great lifestyle through your work and through your company, right? You've got a beautiful home in one of the nicest neighborhoods in San Jose. You've got this vacation home that you've just bought along with other things probably and lots of you know, <laughs> nice stuff. And so, you know, you've built a nice lifestyle for yourself. And, and a, a big part of that is just that, that simple process of goal setting that starts when you're you know, 20 or 25 years old, you know, working as a Cutco rep or manager and developing those skills. So it's pretty cool that you shared that. Thank you. What brought you guys together as a couple? Uh, well, it was Vector, obviously, but uh, <laughs> Vector we were connecting. Vector it was. Connecting. Yeah, so, uh, sometimes you meet people where you work. Um, so we were both district managers. Tiffany was uh, running a district in Pennsylvania. I was running one in in northern New Jersey, and so we knew each other. We would you know see each other at uh, training events or uh, you know conferences. And uh, we got to know each other, though, uh, better uh, on an Italy trip. So uh, Vector's always done a great job of recognizing its, its managers and, and its uh, salespeople. So this particular uh, trip was a management trip that we had both won. I brought my sister because uh, I, I wasn't with anyone at the moment. And uh, Tiffany had brought her best friend. So they ended up splitting up and going shopping. And Tiffany and I uh, ended up hanging out uh, for a, a couple of days here and there on the Italy trip, just as friends. But <laughs> I fell for her during that trip. And some weeks later, uh, well, a few months later, 
four months later. <laughs> a, few, a few months later, uh, we were at a conference, <laughs> a summer conference. Exactly. Her whole team is sitting on the floor because we ran out of chairs. We've blown out the conference, right? <laughs> so they're bringing in more chairs. Um, but in the meantime, her team's on the floor. And I could tell they kind of got there too fast. And I had picked up a whole bunch of candy bars for my team. And, and I brought her uh, a candy bar. I said, what's her favorite candy bar? And sure enough, I had one in the bag and I gave it to her. Yep, it was uh, it was a mounds. So that started to kindle something. I talked to her and I said, you know, uh, what are you doing? You know, this weekend she said, oh, no plans. I said, well, you want to get together? She said yes. So I drove over and we without any. Just, he, he was not invited. I just drove over. He just drove to my house in the middle. Of, it just drove over. She opened the door. The I walked right through it. So we uh, we spent the weekend together. And uh, hit it off, and it's it's been wonderful since. So it's our 25th anniversary together was on July 30th. Oh, oh nice! We've been together for 25 years because of Vector. So yeah, well, congratulations! Thank you. That is exciting. Ve- exciting. Vector Vector connecting at its best, <laughs> right there. <laughs> it is. It is. It was great. Yeah. Cool. Well, l- let's talk about the adventure you guys had in taking the business to Australia. I'm really interested in, to learn more about this. I don't know a whole lot about it. And I'm uh, just curious, how did this evolve in the first place? And then uh, what were some of the experiences you had out there? Well, as, as soon as uh, Vector at Cutco had announced that they were going to expand internationally and one of those countries was going to be Australia... Uh, my hand was straight up. I, I told people that day that that's something I would be excited about. I always wanted to go there, but I thought, what an opportunity to live there and be part of something I love and bringing that to a new country. And I put my hand up. I was selected to be part of that expansion. Tiffany wasn't originally part of that expansion. So I moved down there, set up the offices. And a, a few months later, I realized I was madly in love and I was completely miserable without Tiffany. So I called her up and I said, uh, yeah, I, I can't do this without you. So uh, she moved down and joined us. Um, and uh, we paid, you know, we paid her own. She paid her own way to, to, to come down and uh, began also running an office uh, with us there in the Australian expansion. Um, so it was a fantastic opportunity. Uh, I was in the northern part of Sydney, Sydney Harbor. I was given the responsibility of running an office in the first summer, but I was also, you know, keen on growing the organization. So uh, the one office that I was running uh, quickly became 20 offices in the first year. In one year. Uh, wow. We had 19 <laughs> branch managers. <laughs> yes. Uh, wow. In my office, yes. So we covered Brisbane, all the rest of the Sydney territories, Gold Coast, and uh, really pretty much the whole seaboard, the uh, whole eastern seaboard of Australia up to uh, up to Brisbane was was covered. <laughs> so uh, even even a little bit south into uh, a, a territory called Canberra. Yeah. Uh, and so it was a fantastic, you know, experience, uh, you know, getting to know the country, getting to know the people who are absolutely wonderful. And they like knives in Australia. Can you imagine that? <laughs> uh, that? That office that I ran in its first full year uh, did a million dollars in sales in Australia. Dollars. So it was a first million dollar office, but it was Australian dollars, <laughs> and uh, we just we just had a wonderful time leading the organization, building the organization. Anything to add there? It's- 
No, um, it was an amazing. The reason I ended up running an office, if I just want to say, is I was Rogers. I, I couldn't sit home and, and do nothing. So I was his sales promotion manager because with 20 offices, I started a newsletter. And then I started you know, doing all these things to help keep these people together. And I would go to the meetings and I would watch the guys make eye contact when they spoke to each other, but not when they would speak to the women. And it was like, it made me feel like we were still 20 years behind as far as men accepting women as equal. And I walked into Roger's office. I said, I need to run an office. And he's like, what? I go, I'm going to go run an office. They need to know that women can succeed here too. And I ran the number three office in Australia that year. And it was funny because the next year, Roger's branches in the top 10, there were female men. Yep. So we, it were was, able, we were able to bring in a lot more female leaders after that. Yeah. Such a great example. Yeah. One one of my friends in the in the you know diversity and inclusion space here in the Bay Area says you can't be what you don't see. And that, you know, for uh, women on the on that team to see you succeeding and leading, I'm sure was a big part of them being able to see it for themselves as well. And the fact that right after that, that that it's you know, the women leadership started to pick up uh, as a just a classic example. Kudos to you. That's cool. Thank you. Yeah, we're a good team. <laughs> yeah. How did the Australia adventure evolve over those four years? Like what uh, What were some more of the things that happened out there? Well, I ate at Kangaroo for the first time in my life. I did. Uh, <laughs> and Emu. But the adventure was, was unique. We had to adapt, you know, the business in certain ways uh, to the different cultures, to the different environments. The business continued to expand and, and, and do well. It was a four-year work assignment. So, you know, at the end of the four years, uh, we were able to extend a little bit to go to the Olympics. But it was it was an expensive operation, if you could imagine. Uh, expensive operation. And the the government there is more involved in, in operations of businesses. And so they call it a little socialistic, if you will. They get, they get involved in, in, in ways that could interfere. And it did interfere a little bit. And we decided... You know, at, at the end of that four-year work assignment, we decided it would be best to to come home. It did not, you know, go much further than a couple of years after that uh, after we left. But uh, we w- we wouldn't give back that experience for anything, and uh, it certainly was uh, a wonderful opportunity. And you know, and and people have cut go there. It's wonderful. You know, there's there's uh, thousands and thousands of people who love the product, and they're still warranting it out of Australia. Yeah, what an amazing. Amazing opportunity, Dan. We uh, we met with a, a friend's son who is now selling Cutco the other day, and we were giving him references. We gave him two people from Australia because <laughs> now so cool. Cutco's virtual, right? Yeah. So we gave him two of the managers that are now still our very good friends, and now they actually are married and have kids and all this crazy stuff too. But we gave them his references, and we said to make sure that um, he told them that Roger and Tiffany sent them so we're curious to see if it calls them because you can do it now virtually because right you know, so well virtually so we did give him to australian uh, australia dan was an amazing opportunity to step outside of the united states and realize that we're really not the center of the universe <laughs> you know where a lot of people unfortunately think that we are and we're not you know it's bigger out there they love americans down there so that helped a lot we learned a valuable lesson from them. Mm-hmm. We learned that Australians work to live. Where in America, everything was determined by what we do. But down there, they don't care what you do once you leave work. They don't even ask that. They ask where you're going on your next holiday. They ask, 
You know, have you been fishing? They ask, you know, have you been to the beach? Nobody says, what do you do for a living down there? They don't care. They care what you do with your life. You know, if you're having fun, if you're enjoying your life. So we learned a very valuable lesson, which is you need to live or you need to work to live, not live to work. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that, you that is a great and brilliant insight. I love it. I love it. What a cool opportunity you guys had to uh, take Thank Cutco you. down there for a few years. That's so awesome. So you came back to the United States. I know you had uh, you know several business experiences before uh, getting into Black Diamond. You bought Black Diamond and it was effectively at zero sale, you were buying some assets and you know a little bit of uh, equipment and things like that. You've built it from scratch up to you know over forty three million here. What got you into that business in the first place? Well, I I had worked for some other home improvement companies. What I learned after working for a few other businesses, I'd been a marketing director or a national sales manager for a couple other companies before I moved into home improvement. And then as soon as I got into home improvement, I realized the skill set that I had learned at Vector was very transferable. Uh, it was a direct sale in home with, with the client to remodel their house. So I had the blessing of working with a few other very successful home improvement businesses. But at some point, uh, Vector instills the entrepreneurial spirit. So at some point, that entrepreneurial spirit started to take over and... Uh, started to look around for a way to do our own business. And so I, I came across uh, a friend at a, at a home and garden show. And he said that the owner of Black Diamond was going to close it. And uh, he said, well, what do you think? I said, well, yeah, that might be an idea. Instead of him closing it, maybe I'll make a small offer and we'll, we'll buy it. I came home and talked to Tiffany. She's my, she's my reasonable brain. She's like, are you sure? You know, that's going to be a lot of work. And, you know, we've had businesses before. Sometimes they do great. Sometimes they don't. So she was the voice of reason. When I told her it was called Black Diamond, she was like, oh, no, I'm a huge skier, Dan, as, as you know. And uh, she's like, well, that's the right name for you. <laughs> so we met with the owner, made him a, an offer and he accepted and took it from just, you know, the small uh, family mom and pop operation that it was. Uh, to you know uh, what we're doing now, so I took uh, all, all of the great vector knowledge and experience to apply it to the sales programs. Tiffany took all the great marketing and and uh, programs uh, of recruiting and development and applied that to our marketing systems. Obviously, had worked for some other home improvement companies, so I had some good ideas there uh, on how to set it up, and it just took off. Uh, you know, timing was good, but it was a lot of those vector principles of recruiting, development, and and growth that I had learned over the years. And Tiffany uh, was able to apply to the business as well. It made us you know, take off. Help us understand the scale of the company mm -hmm. now. Okay, I can go ahead and do this. So when we looked at Matt's books when we were going to buy the company, he had done between nine hundred thousand and one point nine million a year. He had owned the business for seven years. He had a great reputation, A-plus rating by the Better Business Bureau. It was a good company. So we looked at his books. We, we bought the company on March 8th, which was a Wednesday. That Friday, we did a home show. And you know what a home show is where people go there yeah. and you know they have all that. We did a home show two days after we bought it. We got almost 50 leads. Roger went out and sold 255000 in the next two and a half weeks. <laughs> and we were like, uh-oh, what do we do now? <laughs> so then I put an ad up on Craigslist that I needed a coordinator 
part-time bookkeeping and executive assistant slash slash slash. And for 12 to $15 an hour, Dan, I got over 250 resumes. <laughs> it was unbelievable. It just blew up. So we went through them. We hired our first person. We started at our kitchen table within, you know, two months. The guy couldn't even handle how much Roger was selling. Roger made a connection with a previous sales rep that wasn't working for someone anymore. He started selling. My Pilates instructor's husband started selling for us too. He sold a million his first year and never sold papers in his life before. It's because Roger is an amazing sales trainer. And then we, uh, you know, we did his best year ever in seven years was 1.9 million. Our first full year was 3.2 million. Our second year was 7.4. Then we did 11, 14, 17, 23, 26, 32, 40 was that was our biggest jump ever. And then we did 41.6. And now this year we're at 43.6. Wow. And how many people do you have working for the company? Well, we have, we're about 100 employees. And awesome. Then, awesome. Yeah, uh, Tell them which percentage we, is salespeople. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, the installation teams are primarily a, a subcontracted relationship. Right. Uh, they work by the job as opposed to, you know, by the uh, hour or day. Right. Then the, um, the salespeople, there's over 50 designers, project design specialists uh, that do the presentations and, and make the sales. Uh, and we cover from all of Northern California, so from Sacramento uh, down to Monterey. And then we just recently opened Ventura County in Southern California. So we're beginning our Los Angeles expansion. And we'll open this year, we'll open the Orange County uh, territory, the OC in <laughs> uh, California. So, yeah, we're. At 40 million, we're just Northern California and a little bit in SoCal. Uh, and the goal, you know, will be to, uh, to get it to that, uh, $100 million mark in the five year plan. Yeah. Uh, so that'll Amazing. take. Well, what yeah. you've referenced that you use some elements of your vector management experience. You've sort of, I guess we could say vectorized your business. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, weekly sales meetings, right? So uh, <laughs> weekly sales meetings and then staff meetings. When moving to Australia, I got the opportunity to, to learn some operational items too on operating the business. But all, literally all of the sales and marketing skills and training that we receive is applicable to what we do on the, the sales part of the business. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, but sometimes Tiffany and I joke that uh, we're a sales and marketing company that happens to do paving and landscaping. It's not that we don't care about the quality of the product. We have a, a whole quality control team inspecting work and making sure the product is is top, top notch. And we want our salespeople to believe in what they represent. And we want to be proud of the business that we represent as well as deliver a quality product. But it all starts with sales and marketing, right? And if you know he who has a thing to sell and goes and whispers in a well is not as apt to get the dollars as he who climbs a tree and hollers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, and, and that axiom is so true in home improvement. And what's interesting about this sector, Dan, is that most of the people who run a construction company are trades individuals. They're individuals who were, you know, laying bricks or working on homes or being a carpenter, and, and that, that was their primary trade. So they became a contractor and they begin to grow as a contractor. But what they don't have is they don't have the, the, the business acumen. That Tiffany and I have developed through our, our vector experience and, and, and through our college years to run a business, right? So it's it's we're, we're somewhat unique in the sense that we're running a contracting company as a business, 
and it works so well. And uh, there's not that many of them, to be frank. And so it's a it's a neat advantage to have been able to take our vector knowledge, our vector experience, you know, as well as some of the other experiences that we've garnished over the years, and combine them to make uh, a business like this successful. It's like selling Cutco, but we have a a $30,000 average ticket. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's very similar, just a much bigger average ticket. Yeah. Um, I think one of the other things that that we do well, Dan, Dan, is we do lots of recognition. The one thing that I learned from Vector, and it was one of the reasons I worked so hard, was to get recognition, to make sure I was always in the front of the room, to make sure I was always at the top of the newsletter. So we have a newsletter. We give annual awards, very similar to what Cutco has. We give out silver cups. We do top three silver cups for our salespeople, but we also do top three sales cups for our installation teams so that they're always fighting to be their best too. We we ran a we do a banquet every year too. We ran our first I banquet. I love it. There's and, so many like vector influences. Oh my it's god, great. you're not even kidding. <laughs> silver cup. You, I spent $6,000 on trophies and it's just, it looked like somebody threw up trophies on the front of our room. It's insane. Oh, that's so cool. But um, we gave a trophy out to a crew once when he won it and he stood up in front of us, Dan, and cried. And I said, are you okay? And he said, no one has ever told me that I did a good job. Mm. No one has ever given me a trophy for my work. And it was unbelievable that you know, to, to get that much back from it. And that's what we always got from Vector. John Kane used to tell me all the time, you know, Tiffany, we grow people. You know, he used to say that to me all the time. We grow people. We have the greatest job in the world, Tiffany. We grow people. We have taken that and put that into our business too, that we give people. We have two people that have been with us for five years and both of them are now vice presidents. Hey, Tiffany, maybe we should start a blog, Changing Lives Through Favors. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. I don't have the time. Uh, <laughs> I don't have the time. Uh, but I mean, you you know, you start them out, and then we get to be where we are thanks to uh, the vector experience, Dan. That you're still sharing with the world, and so it's been a wonderful run. I mean, if you said to me, "Hey, I want you to go back and do it again," like you know, we're going to erase your brain, you get to go start over from the very beginning, I would do it. I would do it in a heartbeat. I would start the whole vector experience from the word go all over again. Because it was it was that wonderful, it was that special, and it taught me so much. But I boy, would I do it again? No problem. And what we're planning on doing also, Dan, is that our son, who's now fourteen, will sell Cutco someday. <laughs> now he wants to be an astrophysicist. Okay, so he doesn't have marketing dreams like Roger and I. But we tell him all the time that if you can't sell yourself, you'll never get the best job as an astrophysicist. Mm -hmm. And Vector will teach you how to not just sell a great product but it will teach you how to sell yourself. And so he will sell Cutco someday. So don't uh, we'll worry, he'll look, be calling you for we'll, practice. We business. will look forward to seeing him in one of our offices here in four years. So good. <laughs> yeah, good. nice. Wow. So Tiffany, you're, you are responsible for developing the team that procures the leads? Yes. What are the strategies that you guys use for that? We spend 3 to 5% of our COS. And the COS is cost of sale. Everything in our entire company is charted. We have a report for absolutely everything. So I can tell you at any one time how many leads I got that day, how many I got that week, how many I got that month, who they were given to, whether they were converted into a sale, what the average order was, what the closing ratio is, 
we have charts and charts and reports that tells this at any one time. So, so much of my marketing is just built on facts. And I would say more specifically, you know, digital has become huge, yes. right? So we were focused on um, social media sites. You know, we talked about how, you know, being a marketing business, uh, marketing and sales first, and then the rest of what we are second. But at the end of the day, if you have a happy client, what are you going to get? Referrals, right? So we learned how to ask for referrals at Vector. And we apply that to our principles here where we have a system for asking for referrals and even incentivizing clients to touch to, to encourage that behavior. And then number... So it, in our lead sources, it's, it's Google and Yelp. But then third is, is references, you know, our third most successful source. So by having a quality product, and then knowing how to ask for and then follow up with referrals, you know, you, your, your marketing costs are pretty reasonable. I mean, 3% is, in terms of what other businesses often have to spend for their marketing, is quite reasonable. And that's because a big chunk of what we're getting are, are those references. Oh, that's cool. Awesome. And so then you, Roger, are taking the people that you hire as uh, salespeople, the design consultants, right? And you're giving them all the skills of how to do the presentation, how to build value, you know, mm-hmm. how to you know sell the benefits and and ask for the order and all that stuff. Right. It yeah. is very That's much exactly a ve- right. it is very much a vector presentation. We build the rapport is the most important thing that they have to do in the beginning. We teach them exactly. That's what we were taught. You don't you don't open up. You don't start yep. until you've made that person laugh or smile at least three times. It's it's somewhat first full circle, Dan, and and um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but when Al DiLonardo was um, my division manager, Don Frieda was my zone manager and president at the same time of Vector. You know, he's the the founder, right? So Don got a lot of his business model from home improvement. Oh, so much of what Vector does from the presentation standpoint, and some of the closing techniques, and even even some of those reference processes. That was information that he obtained while working uh, alongside home improvement companies, working for home improvement companies. So he brought that in. And, and what's interesting is I've taken that and almost <laughs> pulled it back out and, and, and put it into uh, home improvement again in the paving and landscaping industry. So there, there are quite a few parallels. And boy, if, if I hadn't had my vector experience, you know, this, this would not have been possible. What we're, what we're doing now would not have been possible. So yeah, I am the you know, sales development trainer. It's one of the things I love to do. I've delegated most of those other tasks uh, away, but I'm still fully involved in sales, uh, training, development, and uh, and recruiting. Yeah, he still has his own team after all these years. <laughs> yeah, one day I'll give up my team, but <laughs> I still love training and motivating my own salespeople. We just hired a director of operations, and we're um, working on hiring a new operations manager so that Roger can stay more involved with the sales because he loves it. And when you own your own company, you get to do the parts you love, right? Yeah, exactly. So play play to your strengths and hire people that augment your strengths in different areas. So exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What? Uh, any other lessons about leadership that you guys feel like you'd want to share? We talked about so many of them. I think attitude is everything. If you think you can, you think you can't, you're right. You know, these are posters I remember coming to to vector events and reading on the wall and thinking, you know, Dan, I was a cheerleader for four years in high school and four years in college, you know, and if, you know, I was always about motivation and always about, 
But Vector taught me that you can use that motivation to succeed in life, not just as a cheerleader. You know, it really taught me that attitude is everything. If you're a positive person, then positive things happen. And even when negative things happen, if you look at it, I remember Earl Kelly gave this talk once about how you had to take what whatever negative happened and turn it into a positive. And, you know, it's still stuck with me. I mean, I think I was a branch manager when he gave that talk. And it's like in every negative, there's a positive and trying to find that, you know, and we do. I mean, we have many challenges that happen in Black Diamond. COVID has been very, very challenging for our company, but it helped us to become paperless sooner. Like all of our contracts are paperless now. All our payments are paperless now. All of our presentations are virtual now. So COVID is a horrible, horrible thing, but it's actually helped us to be a better company because we've been able to take a negative and turn it into a positive. Hmm. And that's so much of what I, we learned through Vector is, is right. attitude is everything. Rather than go home and be defeated, we decided to go home and work on the business and, and take that time to build strategy and strength post-COVID. So we'll, we're all looking forward to when this passes. But in the meantime, we've been fighting for our success and, uh, and making it happen in different ways. And I'm pretty sure Vector has been doing the same thing. Yeah. Because uh, they're fighters and they taught us how to fight. You know, and, and not fight in a negative sense, but, but fight for your own success, right? right. That, uh, I, one of the things I, I loved about my Vector experience right away from the get-go is that I could get paid what I was worth. And I could work as hard as I wanted, and it would keep giving back. And it would keep giving back. And nobody was going to stop me or limit me or tell me I couldn't. You know, there's still promotions to be earned, but those were earned through merit and not politics. And so I... I enjoyed that part of it. It taught me a very important lesson in life that if you want to be successful, you can be through your own hard work, effort. And then Tiffany pointed out positive mental attitude. And then I, the other thing I picked up was a bounce back factor, mm-hmm. right? Your BBF. Uh, how quickly can you come back from a negative experience? What's your bounce back factor like? And is it something that will take you five minutes or five days to come back from? And teaching yourself how to come back in five minutes from something negative and that unless it's tragedy, pretty much after five minutes, you're in control of what happens next. So I love that principle and being able to you know bounce back from difficulties, big and small, in business and and in life. So yeah, I, and leadership is is you know Tiffany mentioned dress for success. I, I think Vector instilled in us the the <laughs> knowledge funny. that what the way you're perceived in in business and in life. Uh, is often based on your appearance. And that's different in California, I think, than, than other parts of the world. But even in California, we try and err on the side of, of more professional. And it, it has an impact. It has an impact on how we're perceived as a business and how we're perceived as individuals. One of the last things that I learned from Vector, a lesson, and that we use in Black Diamond is we make it personal, but we keep it professional. And that means that All of our people know how much we care about them because they're part of our Black Diamond team, but our Black Diamond family. We still at 43 million call ourselves a family business because I know every person in my company and, you know, we do a family barbecue every summer that we allow them all to come. We hire a guy that, you know, cooks chicken, tri-tip. Everyone brings a side. It's so funny because you get the best foods when you have everyone bring a side. We make it personal so they know we care about them, but we keep it professional so that they know that decisions that we made, the tough decisions are not personal, they're business. 
and it's only for the benefit of the business. So that was one of my big things with Black Diamond is we make it personal, but we keep it professional. Yeah, and that applies to sales, and it also applies to business and, and entrepreneurship. Is you know people they don't really care how much you know; uh, they want to know how much you care, and and that care, that that love that you can express in so many different ways is really important to business. And I think too many businesses get away from that; they forget that a business, no matter how big it is, is a family, and it is a group of individuals working hard together to achieve a common goal. You know, that's any business and the people, right? And the principle of people, products, and programs. You know what, Dan? It's in my training. <laughs> it's in my day one of training. People, products, and programs. That that principle that I learned as a vector manager and Tiffany learned as a vector manager has applied to, to most of what we do. That if you choose the right people, you represent a quality product, and then you instill systems and programs that allow the individuals to be successful and allow the company to be successful, you're, you're going to have a business that grows. You're going to have, whether that's you as an individual or that's a business as a whole, it's those three principles you know, made a big difference in our lives. And I know that uh, I got that from Victor. You know, wow. So cool. What are you guys uh, excited about as you look into the future? <laughs> uh, well, not retirement yet, but um, continuing to grow the company is, is huge for us. Um, giving back. Tiffany's already found ways to be philanthropic. I'm also searching for ways that the business and we as individuals can begin to give back uh, to, to not just the community, but to the United States of America. We offer a scholarship program. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Have do. you heard that before? <laughs> we offer two $5,000 scholarships a year. Then someone just has to be associated with Black Diamond. It's a customer, it's an employee. As long as that they've had something to do with Black Diamond, we give back to a, a homeless shelter every year for the holidays. Our company gives back that way. We donate in Black Diamond's name, you know, all the time. That's very important. Yeah, we do a, a cancer uh, benefit called Have a Ball. It's a it's a tournament, um, a golf tournament, of course. Have a Ball it's benefit cancer research started with an individual, Bob Hammer, who as a, a cancer survivor, testicular uh, cancer survivor. And he came up with the creative name and it's uh, something we give to every year, uh, both you know with the business and personally. So we, we want to do more of that in, in terms of our future, uh, as well as grow the business and, and help more people to have beautiful yards. Thanks to Black Diamond, you know, one, one paver stone at a time, we're going to change the world, Dan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, hey... This has been yes. really awesome. I've enjoyed hearing your guys' stories and your lessons. I love all the ways that you have brought the Vector Cutco influences to what you're doing. Really, really, really glad to see the great success that you're having. It's tremendous. It's great to see. I'm, I'm very happy for you. And I'm grateful for you to share your insights with our audience here today. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan, so much. It was we a look blast. forward to you soon. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, that was really fun, everyone. Roger and Tiffany Van Alst. So cool to hear about how the lessons of the Cutco experience have transferred over to running their business today, learning how to sell, the importance of persuasion and influence, leading others, and understanding how to be great as a leader Elements like uh, being good with training people, uh, providing that ongoing support, the recognition piece 
that was shared. All of that stuff about leadership is so important. Goal setting that Tiffany mentioned, right? And being able to design your life and plan and then execute to achieve what it is that you want. The idea that attitude is everything, right? And bringing that positivity to all of what you do. The BBF or bounce back factor that Roger mentioned. Such great insight. Roger summed it up toward the end there where he talked about people, products, and programs. When you have great people in an organization, both in leadership and in who you recruit, you have a product that you believe in that is high quality uh, with good service, and you have programs or systems in place that can lead you to success, you can build any business into a great organization. Roger and Tiffany are running a 40 plus million dollar operation. I know that their personal income is in the stratosphere with that and that that is an incredibly exciting opportunity that they have built for themselves. Great lifestyle, great success and great impact on a lot of other people that are coming up in their organization and and they're sowing seeds of success for many others as well and giving back to their community and others. And it's just uh, an awesome story. Appreciate having Roger and Tiffany on the podcast. Hope you enjoyed this, everyone. Thanks. I really love hearing all the entrepreneurial journeys of people with past Cutco experience. One of the company's most legendary alums is Mark Lovis, who has recently launched his own passion project called Good Weather Wine to bring people great natural wines at good prices. All their wines are sugar-free, low in sulfites, and with no additives. If you like wine, but you sometimes get a headache from drinking it, you need to try Good Weather Wine. You can get a monthly shipment of 3, 6, or 12 bottles, and they'll make it super easy by making the selections for you based on your preferences. So it's like having your own wine buyer help you pick. Check out goodweatherwine.com to get started. And if you enter the discount code CLSK when you check out, you'll get free shipping on your order as a thank you from Mark Lovis himself. Visit Good Weather Wine to get started. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives. 